0: More than 450,000 Americans' lives have been taken. We've been separated from our friends and family. Thousands of schools and businesses have been sitting empty. And Americans have had their lives turned upside down by the pandemic.
1: on tv we only get a few minutes to share each story but here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to greater cincinnati i'm stephen albert and this is wlwt news 5 beyond the studio today on the pod the covid 19 pandemic continues to be a part of our everyday lives affecting everything from where we work who we can see and even how we spend our money the numbers are staggering when it comes to deaths job losses and even how the pandemic impacts different racial groups In this episode, you'll hear from the leading experts who are trying to tame this virus in the U.S. White House Senior Advisor of the COVID Response Team, Andy Slavitt, National Institute of Health Director and now Household Name, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and CDC Director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. We
2: remain in a very serious situation. COVID-19 continues to affect too many people as we continue to mourn all of those lives that have been lost. Cases have continued to decline over the last four weeks. An average of 119,900 new cases were reported between January 31st and February 6th. That's a drop of nearly 20% from the prior week, but still dramatically higher than the last summer's peak we must continue to drive these cases down. The
1: biggest driver of deaths in the pandemic has been our seniors. Nursing homes and long-term care facilities have been a major focus by federal and state officials to keep residents safe and get them vaccinated.
0: Those who were dying in large numbers over the last year are now on a path to protection. And it's skilled nursing facilities that have had at least one vaccination clinic An an estimated median of almost 80% of residents have received at least one dose of vaccine.
1: Of the 40 million COVID-19 vaccine shots given out, more than 17 million have gone to those 65 and older.
0: Because our ability to vaccinate millions of the elderly, seniors, and healthcare workers is a testament to a society that has put our parents and grandparents, those who have served us, those who continue to sacrifice for us on the front lines of the healthcare system first.
1: The team is working to fix racial gaps in the testing and vaccination process. Slavitt says ethnic and minority communities have been disproportionately hit by the pandemic on all fronts, and they are working on ideas to fix that. Slavitt also says by using the Defense Production Act, this administration is working to increase the vaccine supply for states up to 11 million per week. They are also working to open more places to get vaccinated. The NFL has offered use of its 30 stadiums as mass vaccination locations. They're also going to up the supply of who can give vaccinations by using the military and retired nurses and doctors.
0: This is a national emergency, and the approach we are taking reflects this. We are putting every resource and tool that the federal government has into this battle, and we're taking a whole of government, indeed a whole of country approach.
1: The CDC is out with a new report showing a growing number of adults plan to get the vaccine. The survey shows from September to December, those who say they very likely intend to receive the shot increased from about 39% to about 49%. Those who say they are somewhat likely to get the shot climbed from almost 62% to 68% during that same time period. While this is encouraging, many health experts, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, say we need at least 75% of the population vaccinated to achieve herd immunity. While the risk of death from COVID-19 is being reduced, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, says we aren't out of the woods as there is more work to be done.
2: We are continuing to watch these data closely, and although hospital admissions and cases consistently are consistently dropping, I'm pl- asking everyone to please keep your guard up.
1: With the vaccine supply being a major concern, there are questions as to if everyone should just get one dose now and then get a second dose, possibly months later, when we have more supply. Here's
3: Dr. Anthony Fauci. The science has shown in the, both of the vaccines that we have currently available, the Moderna and the Pfizer, the strong data indicates that a prime boost gives a maximum response of 94 to 95% efficacy. But the question has arisen, Why not study in detail whether or not you can get away with a single dose? It is not an unreasonable thing to suggest a study. The only issue is that the practicality of that really makes that a situation that I don't think is able to be done for the following reason. If you look at the number of people that would be required in a study to answer that question again, one versus two, with the currently available vaccines, the time it took to get information on the phase three and the number of people, that that study, with all due respect, would take several months to get a meaningful answer. At that time, the amount of vaccine that would be available would almost be making that question somewhat of a moot point. So then let's ask ourselves, the question is, what do we do know about one dose versus two dose. And the data, I think, are important to present. We know from the original studies that following a single dose of either the Moderna or the Pfizer, you had a response that gave you a neutralizing antibody above the threshold of protection. So it did give some degree of protection. And the question was, it was protection clearly against the wild type, however, the boost either 21 or 28 days later was tenfold higher. So it went, for example, from one to hundred to well over one to a thousand in the titer. The reason that's important, not only because of the height of the response and the potency of the response, but as you get to that level of antibody, you get a greater breadth of response. And by breadth of response, We mean it covers not only the wild type and currently circulating virus, but also the variants that we see circulating, particularly the 117 and the 351. So it's not just a matter of potency, it's a matter of the breadth of what you can cover. The other theoretical issue that could be problematic with regard to only a single dose that if you get a suboptimum response, the way viruses respond to pressure, you could actually be inadvertently selecting for more mutants by a sub response. So for that reason, we have continued to go by the fact that we feel the optimum approach would be to continue with getting as many people on their first dose as possible, but also making sure that people on time Get their second dose.
1: Not to mention, this virus is evolving. The two new strains of COVID 19 we're hearing about, B117, the UK variant, and B351, the South African variant.
2: What I can say is um, we're learning more about the number of variants, and the number of variants that you're hearing increase is very much, um, at least in part, due to the fact that we're doing a lot more sequencing of these variants. So, over the last three weeks or so, we've increased our uh, sequencing about tenfold. So, as we look more, we're certainly going to anticipate we might find more. Over the next several weeks, we are hoping, we are planning actually, to um, not only get uh, collab- have collaboration with the um, state labs from every state, so we can make sure we're sampling from every state, but also from with collaborations from commercial labs as well as academic labs. So we anticipate that we're probably going to be sequencing up to three or fold more than we're already sequencing. And I think once we have more sequencing that's happening, um, we'll have a better Ideas to how many variants there are and what proportion um, are out there.
3: What we're seeing now in our country is still a dominant original wild type virus of which the vaccines are highly efficacious, 94 to 95 percent. The immediate concern that we have is that the fact that we have the 117 in certainly a considerable number of states reported with a number of people. That modeling would tell us, Andy, that it could become dominant by the end of March. That's the sobering news. The encouraging news is that the vaccines that we're currently distributing right now are quite effective against that particular variant. Less so against the, U, the against the South African, the 351, but hopefully we will get the virus under much better control by the time there's any indication that that, that, that might become dominant. As we vaccinate more people, educators are
1: coming up eligible in places as well. While this is a big key to get schools open, it's still what happens outside of schools that will be key to keeping those classroom doors open.
2: As we move towards and think about schools, what we know mostly about schools in terms of the data are that most infections come into the schools through the community. The data from schools suggests that there's very little transmission that is happening within the schools, especially when there's masking and distancing occurring, and that when there are transmissions in the schools, it is because they've been brought in from the community and because there are breaches in masking and distancing. So if we want to get our schools open and our schools open safely and well, the best way to do that is to decrease the community spread. So I would say we need to keep up our social distancing and our masking and all of our other measures. Um, Our CDC guidance on school reopening will be coming in the days ahead. And um, I look forward to, to thinking through those with everybody.
1: If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening.
2: We've all seen it, that check engine light in our car, Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather. Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast.